1: After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. I'm your host, Kyle Ireland. Happy to be back again this week to talk about week 13 of the NFL season, and specifically one guy that I wanted to highlight this week who's really, I feel, has risen to the top of his game in in not only recent weeks, but this season as a whole. He's having a career year thus far, and to talk about it, I wanted to have on one of his former teammates at the University of Utah. He's he's an all-time great U. Uh, 11 touchdowns for utah during his career up on the hill 1400 yards plus uh you know just just an all-around standout guy he's been on ksl sports properties before uh talking with not only our university of utah insider trevor allen but uh been on the front page before and uh i want to welcome to the yards after college podcast for the first time former utah wide receiver kenneth scott kenneth how are you doing today welcome to the podcast Man, I am doing good. You got me fired
2: up with that introduction. I appreciate it, man, but man, I'm doing well and I can't wait to, you know, get to talking about one of my one of my favorite former teammates.
1: Well, I want to I want to fire you up a little bit more cuz I was comparing you and Tim Patrick's stats up at uh up at Utah, and I think you're going to like this. I mean, you, you did have a little bit more time there as uh, as far as playing, but Tim only had 5 receiving touchdowns. Do you know how many you had? Can you remember?
2: The only reason why I can remember is because you just said and that was 11.
1: (laughs) That's right. He had 11 touchdowns. And uh, my gosh, I mean, you you had such consistent production up at Utah. I mean, I felt like year to year, you were just a consistent player for the Utes. And I, I feel like Tim, he had that 2016 season, year after you left, and that's why he broke out, I believe, is because you were gone. You weren't there, Kenneth, anymore. And so he had to step into those shoes that you left for him. And uh, he had a big year in 2016 with those five touchdowns. But uh, let's let's talk about Tim. And you guys played two seasons together at the University of Utah. And, you know, Tim had that, that great season there in 2016. But before that, uh, 2014 and 2015, you guys played together. That first year, he played nine games. Uh, 16 receptions, 177 yards. But what did you see from him early on in his career that maybe you thought, hey, he's got a potential to make it in the NFL?
2: Yeah, you know, one thing about Tim uh, when he first came to Utah, uh, you know, we're looking at him, he's like this tall guy. He was, he, nobody really talked about him in a recruiting standpoint. So we really didn't know who this guy is coming in. We just heard about what well, was the Juco transfer coming in uh, to play with us. So when he first came in, we seen his height. like, okay, this is a this is a big kid as far as 6'4". Uh, he, he's, he's skinny, but, you know, he's a big, tall kid, lanky and long. And so when we first seen him, I was like, okay, you look like you're going to be pretty good. And so we start getting into the practices. And Tim, he's very sneaky fast. It's the weirdest thing. He's really sneaky fast. And I was like, okay, this dude got size. He got some sneaky fast speed. Like, this dude can be something. And so early on, he was just – you know, his body movements were a little out of control. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, over time, he developed a little bit more about getting more, you know, controlling it. But, uh, but I mean, you can see the potential in him, right? It's just a matter of when it, when is his time going to come. And that's really what it is. And once his time came, he showcased it, and boom, here we are now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at where he was at Utah. Like I said, he, he you know, had nine games under his belt after that first year up on the hill. Um 16 catches 177 yards, but then you know two years later in 2016 after only playing a game in 2015. He had that breakout season before he went to the league, and I feel like it's a similar trajectory to what he's had in the NFL, you know that first season his rookie year in 2018 uh, 23 catches 315 yards only one touchdown, and then a season ago. He only had 16 catches. He went down in the amount of receptions he had and he didn't have any receiving touchdowns. And so going into this year, it was like, you know, is Tim going to, you know, find his place with the Broncos. And then, you know, they had injuries to their receiving core. They lost Cortland Sutton for the season. And Tim has really stepped up and become that kind of go-to guy for Drew Locke. He's been that number one wide receiver and, you know, (laughs) He's got five touchdowns on the season. This last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, you're playing probably the best team in the NFL, and he has four catches, 44 yards, and he pulls down two touchdowns. I don't know if you saw that game, but Kenneth, my gosh, he had this one where he he kind of tiptoed over, you know, the DB, got his feet down with, with the two feet inbounds right on the yep. sideline in the end zone. Beautiful. And it was just – it was perfect technique for where that ball was placed to be able to get that catch down and inbounds to get the touchdown. And, you know, he's got three times the amount of receiving yards that he had a season ago. So I want to ask you about his kind of path in the NFL – you know that first year as a rookie you, you don't expect to be that that breakout guy you even see a guy like Jerry Judy who is a high draft pick for the Broncos this season he hasn't had that type of production as a rookie even as a high draft pick that Tim did you know thus far through 13 weeks of the season but what do you what do you notice about Patrick's game thus far in 2020 you
2: know i want to take it back, back one step further one step one step back real quick you know, the, one of the other reasons why I loved Tim so much is because he brings something outside of the game that uh, that obviously brings into it. But, you know, the amount of care he has for his teammates, too, that everybody wants to root for him. I'll give you an example. The year where he was hurt, he broke his leg, right? Uh, well, the year he was hurt, he broke his leg. And the following year, he didn't really play. And I think it was my senior year. Yeah, it was my senior year. Uh, like when he was traveled up to Oregon and I had the Arizona state games, I went back and I looked at all the film and, you know, all the film, all the games. And every time I made a play, guess who was right there being the most hype uh, showing so much love, everything. It was Tim Patrick. And it didn't matter what it was. It could be, he's out there just championing on his teammates. And I had to, I had to say that because that's the type of character he has. that no matter what it is, he's going to showcase his love for his teammates. And so when, when he came when he came to Denver, uh, t- to be honest with you, we're all in the receiving room. We're the biggest trash talkers. So we talk trash. We showcase, as you can see, in the, probably the first touchdown he scored when he caught the touchdown on the flat route and he looked at the camera and was like, oh, oh. Like, that's the type of stuff we bring in the room. Like, we always trash talk to each other. That's one of the things we were, were notorious for. But when it comes to TP, man, he always knew that he was gonna make it to the next level. No matter what. He always knew, no matter if he got injured, he knew he was gonna make it to the next level. Um, or or he's gonna ball wherever, if the opportunity came his way, he was gonna ball. And that's what happened his senior year. When he when he had the opportunity, he knew he was gonna be his year. He knew it was gonna ball his senior year. Coming into this junior well, coming into this year uh, for the Denver Broncos, obviously we heard Sutton got hurt. You know, Court, uh the number one receiver that they was gonna have got hurt. So, okay, oh, this is going to be a big time for for Tim now. Then they draft Jerry Judy. In my head, I'm like, "Mm, it's all right. That's going to be a little competition for Tim. But I know Tim. Like, Tim is going to take that and run with it. And this season, you know, he shows that. He showed that, right? He's showcasing his abilities. Uh, He's a long, lengthy receiver. He loves to compete. Anytime he gets a chance to go on that field, that boy competes. And that's one thing you can't take away from him. So, it's no surprise to me that he's having the year that he's having. Uh, We talk about it, but you know, it's cool to see finally like everybody else getting to see it.
1: Yeah. I want to ask you about that because I I think you bringing up an interesting point with, you know, that, that group of competition bringing in a guy like Jerry Judy, because we saw what he did at Alabama and the talent that he was there in college, but the NFL is a completely different game. You see high draft picks, you know, top five picks, top 10 guys. They, they bust every once in a while. Right. And so You find guys late in rounds that end up rising to the top and becoming guys where, you know, Tim Patrick, for instance, you know, not a not a first round draft pick, but he's making the most of his opportunities and really showcasing himself third year in the season or third year in the league now. What do you think has been the biggest improvement? Do you think it's that that forced competition by bringing other talent in the the group where, you know, he says to himself, hey, like, I want to prove that I'm the guy here. You know, I want to prove that I can be Drew Locke's number one target. Or is it just the the fact that, I mean, it's probably a little bit of both, but I want to ask you maybe what you think as far as which one's more valuable or which one do you think has led to his improvement? Because, you know, you usually see that natural progression as well where, you know, rookies don't have as much of an impact as guys who are more veteran in the league. Do you think it's a little bit of both or which way do you lean on that?
2: I just think about it, it's more opportunity now. I mean, to be very honest with you, if you were to insert him in that Alabama's offense, you know, being six four two two whatever, and he's, the speed that he has, I mean, there's no guarantee that he probably would have had 60, 70 catches over 1,000 yards with, you know, great production at Alabama. I'm just being honest. It's just about the opportunity. And so with him being in Broncos, you know, they're giving him that opportunity. uh, They're giving him the opportunity. So basically they're inserting him in that same place that maybe a Sutton would have been. And so right now, since he took advantage of those opportunities, they're going to keep on going towards him. And it's nothing against like Judy or anybody or Sutton. It's just that, you know, he's taking advantage of the opportunities and you got to roll with the hot hand uh that's at hand. But I truly believe that, you know, especially at the wide receiver position, it's all about the opportunities that that you get. I mean, you can be the best route runner, you can get open every play, but if the ball's not being thrown your way, there's no way for you to make a catch. And for him, you know, the ball's being thrown his way and he's making the making the most out of it. And so uh for me with Tim, it's just all about he's finally having those opportunities that are presented to him. And he, he you know, it's, it's a fortunate situation. Uh, unfortunate for uh, Sutton for, you know, him, uh, I think it's terrorist ACL, but it's fortunate for Tim because now he's able to showcase to everybody like, hey, I've been that dude. Y'all just finally taking notice and giving me the opportunity.
1: We've got former Utah great wide receiver Kenneth Scott. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott underscore two. And uh, he's joining the the program to talk about former Denver – sorry, former wide receiver at the University of Utah and current Denver Broncos wide out, Tim Patrick. I wanted to kind of talk about Tim's game and what you think is special about it because this season he's got three games where he's had over 100 yards receiving. But I'm looking at some of the, the catches that he's had. He's had a long of 61 yards this season, but he's also got catches of 41, 40 yards, you know 2027 20, he's becoming that deep threat as well do you think that you know him stretching the field vertically is is his strength as a wide receiver or is it his route running ability what do you think is the most crucial part of tim's game
0: two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. Follow the letter at letterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Yeah, I think it's all that. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, he, the way he's able to stretch the field, utilizing his height uh, and quickness. You know, like I said, he's a sneaky fast receiver. He's sneaky fast. Like in pro day, he ran a 4-4. Like, a guy, 6'4", 210, running a 4'4", you're like, dang, like, I didn't realize that. You know, he's sneaky fast, So and he's pretty quick on the line. So, you know, as soon as he has a go route, you know, you're facing the corner that's foot. He's going to, you know, be as quick as him. He's going to have a long speed as him. Now he's able to use his height and his advantages, too. So, if he's not out in front of the DB, if you throw that ball up vertically, he's going to be able to beat him vertically. So, it's like... That's what makes him special. He's a he's a he's a down the field target that can either beat you running past you, or he can beat you by snagging the ball over the top of you and making those difficult catches um, that he's been making routinely over the season. So you know that's very that's what's that's what's unique about Tim. He can be able to beat you in, in both of those asset, uh, aspects.
1: So Tim Patrick and the Broncos right now they're they're sitting in third place in their division, the AFC West. Obviously, obviously you got the Chiefs leading that division, uh, but the Broncos they're four and eight. They've got four games left. I mean, I'm not saying that you know it's likely, but you know there's a possibility they could end this season at 500 at eight and eight if they win the next four. They've got the Panthers this week. They've got the Buffalo Bills, Chargers, and Raiders to finish out the season. Uh, you can catch that game against the Panthers on CBS on uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. And uh, it'll be interesting. I I think that Tim's putting himself in a nice position. Uh, You know, I'm going to ask you for a prediction here, Kenneth. You know, he's got five touchdowns thus far, uh, two coming last week. How many touchdowns do you think Tim ends up with through the next four games? And uh, what's his total for the season?
2: Selfishly, I want him to get double digits, selfishly. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Realistically, you know, they got four games less in the season. He has five thus far. Realistic. He just needs one every it. game and then one with that's, two. And then that's, that's possible. Man, that's what I'm saying. I think he can get it. That's I'm like, selfishly, I want him to get it because obviously this is a big year for him. So I want him to get it. And I know how impactful that stat is as a wide receiver. So I'm like, I'm selfishly hoping he gets in. Like you said, hey, one a game and one of them being two, which he just had. Shoot, it don't matter if it's two catches, two yards, but if it's two touchdowns, that can be that can be big. So I'm selfishly predicting and hoping that he gets to 10. You know, uh, one a game, and one of those games, he has two touchdowns.
1: I want to ask you about one of your other former teammates before we kind of wrap things up. Uh, you've got Garrett Bowles also on the Broncos. Garrett ended up signing a couple weeks ago, a four-year extension worth $68 million. Uh, one of the highest paid white linemen in the NFL now. And, uh, you know, going into the season, he had a few, you know, struggles with penalties where he was getting holding calls a lot and he's really improved this 2020 season. Uh, I want to get your thoughts just on, you know, his ability to, you know, improve, and then also just signing that extension what you think that means for him and uh, you know, just what, you know, of, of Garrett as a former teammate.
2: Yeah, that, his his new name is Garrett Big Bank Bowls. That's his new name. Um, I like it. <laughs> but nah, man, he's a really down to earth guy. Um, he's a he's a good family man too. You know, he really take care of his family. That's his pride and joy, as you see probably throughout his social medias. He's really into his family, which is amazing. And so it's, it, I'm so happy for him and his family. You know that he got his extension. But you know, you can always tell he had that dog in him. <laughs> you know he gonna he gonna get down and get dirty. Um, and he reminds me a lot of uh, my other former teammate. I know I've been at the U for a long time, uh, John Cullen. He reminds me of John Cullen about how nasty he is when he comes uh, to blocking. And, you know, he's going to have a long career if he keeps at it. I know last well, a couple of seasons or whatever, they were, you know, kind of downing him. But, you know, he really proved and showcased that, you know, he is more than what they thought uh you know, to be before. And that's why they awarded him with the big contract. And so I'm hoping the same for Tim. You know, I want him to get paid. I want him to be able to have that longevity in the NFL, you know, like I know he deserves.
1: Now, I know that we're going to have a few, you know, Utah fans listening into this. And uh, I want to have you, you know, give you the opportunity. Let's catch let's catch up the Utah fans on where you're at in life, what you're doing, uh, how the family is and whatnot.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, man, I'm doing a lot of things to be honest with you. Um, but everything is good. I'm out here living in Houston, Texas right now. Um, you know, with my wife, I got a daughter who's 3 years old and we have another one coming who is going to be arriving January 4th. So, I got about a couple weeks of free time to where we ain't got to wake up at early in the mornings. So, but uh but everything is well right now uh you know, i'm working as a sales leader and then amongst that i also uh, you know help student athletes and also students and business professionals just helping them maximize the opportunities just to achieve any type of success they may have whether it's uh personally or professionally and so what i do is uh you know sales training i help athletes you know build their brand um to get recruited whether it's high school i help college athletes um, navigate through the process of, you know, what's, what's life like after sports, you know, things of that nature. Um, and I also help graduates, you know, trans in that transition stage. So I'm just here to be of service to people. That's really what what I, I guess my title of my jobs are, is just being of a, a service to people. And so that's what I'm doing nowadays. I'm um, just living life out here in Houston, being of service to the community and helping as many people as I can.
1: Now I'm sure you try and, you know, watch your, uh, your alma mater as much as possible. Down there in Houston, and they've got a big game mm-hmm. tomorrow. They've got a ranked matchup against uh, Colorado, who's you know 21 right now in the polls. And the uh, the Utes, you know, they have those two games uh, canceled at the beginning of the season. Uh, end up dropping those games back to back against USC and Washington to really start off their season. It's just crazy. Kenneth because we've got 2020. That's just a weird year to begin with. And then we have delayed college football. Now we've got it back. And it's, it's crazy to me that Utah's regular season that's scheduled thus far, you know, is kind of coming to an end tomorrow against Colorado. What have you thought of Utah football in 2020? And, uh, what do you, what do you think of the matchup tomorrow against Colorado?
2: Ah, man, so far in 2020, what I thought about Utah, um, The future's bright. I
1: honestly believe the
2: future's bright. A lot of young guns out there, you know, showcasing their true talent. You know, I'm loving seeing that. They're gaining that confidence, uh, especially defensively. Offensively, I think we're trying to find our groove. Uh, We've seen a a young talent in Ty Jordan balling. You know, I'm loving to see. I'm loving how he's playing right now. Like, literally loving it. It's awesome to see. You know, one of the things that – you know, I wish and hope to see not only for you know just tomorrow, but you know for the future. Is you know I want to see our receivers get a little bit more action. You know, uh, to be honest with you, if you look at us number standpoint, you would think that our receivers aren't good, and you and that's that's it throughout history. Like if you look at any of our numbers and within the past ten years, like. Statistically, you'd be like, Oh, these guys are okay statistically. But if you actually seen us work, you're like, Oh, these are some darn good receivers. They just never had the opportunity as these other schools. And so I just hope and wish in the future sake that we utilize our receiving corps more. Like, there's no reason why a Brian Thompson should only get three, four attempts a game. If he was at a, a Alabama, I'm not saying he should transfer anything. I'm just saying we should utilize him more. But if he was at another school, right, I bet he would get ten touches a game. I bet he would get all those statistical measures, right, or a, a Solomon Enos, right, he's a good talent. But uh, a Nakua, a good talent. Br- Britton Covey, like, I mean, I think we should utilize these guys more. And so offensively, I mean, I think we're doing good as we traditionally do in a running game. But offensively, what I want to see improve is just getting our receivers more involved, man. That's really the big aching point. We have the talent. We've always had the talent. Always. It's just a matter of how can we get these guys to ball more. No, no. And it's going to help in recruiting purposes, too. Because if I'm a receiver looking at a school like Utah, who's predominantly been, been really good as a receiver, I want to know how can I get more than two, three touches a game. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if we improve that, that aspect, I know we just got a couple of, you know, four-star receivers at, at, you know, at Utah, but I think we'll get even more if we make that little change by providing our receivers more of an opportunity, you know, to get statistical measures, you know, things of that nature. But uh, but that's my two cents on that. But um, as far as the game tomorrow, you know, to me, this rivalry has taken – a name in itself is weird. Uh, you know, every game has been close. It doesn't matter. Every game has been close. And it's like, dang, why are we always so close with this doggone team? And it started when we was in 2011 when all we had to do was beat them and we would have been in our first uh, Pac-12 championship game in the first year we were playing. I think it kind of started from there. But, uh, but I'm hoping to see a, a, a jam-packed game. Obviously, it's going to be full of uh, anticipation because it's going to be the last game of the year, uh, you know, and so it's going to be, it's going to be crazy, but I'm hoping we pull out the win to
1: end off the year in a good note. So it's on the road at Colorado undefeated. I mean, freezing cold there in Boulder, I'm sure just like it's snowing right now in Utah. So I can't imagine that it's any warmer in Boulder and uh, you know, they've got that up against them. What, what do you think is this, the score? I'm going to, I'm going to make you, you give me a prediction here, Kenneth, you going you go to Utah tomorrow? I, that, I have to. I ain't got no other choice. No, playing. No, I, no, I, would, I, I wouldn't expect anything different.
2: <laughs> nah, I, I, got, I got Utah tomorrow. I think we're going to pull it out um, and edge it through. It's the last game. We're going to get hyped about it because um, we know that, to be honest with you, this last game means a lot because – is the last time you're going to be able to showcase in a game atmosphere what you're going to be able to do for next year as far as the young guys, as far as the depth chart is, you know, happening or per se. So, you know, I, I think people are going to come out um, trying to fire on all cylinders to kind of solidify their spot moving into the off season and into next year. So, me, I don't know why I have this score in my head. The score is 33-21, to 21, Utah. I don't know why I have that awkward number in my head, 33-21.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. We'll uh, we'll check that out. You can catch that game tomorrow morning. It's on Fox. Big Noon kickoff tomorrow, ten a.m. Mountain Time, and uh, we'll see if the Utes can get their second win of the season against the Buffs. He's Kenneth Scott, all time great Utah wide receiver. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at kscott underscore two. Hit him up with the tweet. Let him know how much you enjoyed the conversation today about Tim Patrick, the Utes, all things that kenneth is doing in the houston area and if you're in that area you need some help with recruiting you know tips after playing the the game of football uh all of those types of things uh hit him up with a dm as well at k scott underscore two thanks kenneth appreciate you joining the yards after college podcast today and uh best of luck in the future
2: thank you so much for allowing me to be on appreciate you